Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the SWW show. Um, second show we've recorded today. Oh, fucking god damn it. Don't remind me of that. Only quarter to 11. In the morning. Early in the morning. Bounce out of the bed. Light er- me what up. is it? Early in the morning, it's... Side of the bed, light me up my cigarette. Tell me. I thought it was bright side of the morning. As in, like rising. Is it rising to through the sheets? Light me up that cigarette and choose. It's it's early in the morning by Subline, right? What I got. I think it's just called What I Got. It's either What I Got got or Eleven. Got it. Early in the morning, rising to the streets. Light me up that cigarette, and I'll strap shoes on my feet. Got to find a reason. Reason things went wrong. Got, Got to, to find, find a reason, a reason why, why my, my money's all, all gone. Okay, this Discord delay <laughs> just totally ruined that for me. On my end, it was perfect. No because I, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to hear myself while you are, like, <laughs> half, you know, half measure behind me. Yeah. And I was like... Oh man, this is this is rough. <laughs> I now know why when they do those like the videos of the people trying to talk with a delay. It's atrocious. Why they just can't. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Whatever happened to Sublime? Uh the singer killed himself, didn't he? Oh. Did he o- he either OD'd or he killed himself. Maybe. And it was before the album released? It was before? I think so. Uh, until their the bands line up until their breakup. Let's see. Uh, Brandy Brandy Norrell died um, at the age of twenty eight. He was part of the twenty eight club. Twenty seven club. Twenty seven club. My bad. Uh, what was his death reasoning? People. It's either drug death. Well, if you're on Wikipedia, if you click on his link, it should just tell you. I should. It doesn't. That's overdose on heroin. And also, to here, I forget they are doing sublime with Rome right now, which isn't bad. Um, but yeah, I think he died before the band. Before they made it, but that's the thing with every. So, like, it's always been my thing, right? Of. I'm always going to say the thing up to seven, right? If Kurt Cobain did not kill himself, I don't think Nirvana would be right, remembered the way they are today. Because mm. you have a couple of, they, they had would two be. albums then that were, that were perfect, and what would happen is they would inevitably stay too long. But what you also have to remember is if Cobain had lived, we would not have the Foo Fighters. See, and this is also true. Without... So I'm going to say it also. Without, sadly, the, the the tragic loss of Kurt Cobain, we would not have one of the greatest touring bands, period. Yeah. Because, like, who would have ever thought to put Dave Grohl behind a microphone and make him a lead? Well, from the rumors were that he led a lot of this stuff with Nirvana. But, like, but, like, as an audience point of view, I don't think that would have been, like, the expect like, the expectation when Foo Fighters came out, everyone's like, Wait, the drummer from Nirvana? And he's a really good guitar player? 
<laughs> right, but like you understand, like how, like, and the, also, can you imagine going from like from a career point of view too? That's be one of the best transitions, going from Nirvana to Foo Fighters. Um, shit. Uh, Phil Collins. Collins. Yeah, but he went to solo. Like, so that happens. But he went from drummer of Genesis. Well, not even in Genesis to drummer of Genesis, to lead singer of Genesis, to solo. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a pretty damn good career arc. No, I must, again, I'm not saying other who don't have good career. That's not what I'm saying. It was more the fundamental thing of, like, going from, like, a very influential band to a very influential band, like, in that way of, like... I mean, it, Phil Collins did that in the sense that Genesis also, is, also, like... Obviously, Chris Cornell is my next example. Well, but that's Soundgarden was basically the same group. Uh, so Soundgarden to no, it's only Chris Cornell because all it is is God. What's the other group I think of with Chris Cornell? That's not Soundgarden that I love. It's uh, God. We do we know it too mm-hmm. with the black hole, black hole sun, black hole sun. Wash away. No, that is Soundgarden. That was Soundgarden. Um. God, Audio Slave. Audio, so the whole thing, Audio Slave, I remember it. I think Audio Slave is Chris Cornell plus Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, that's that's what it was. It was, it's, I knew it was, like, it's, I knew it was it's one group plus Yeah, somebody. so they minus, I think, the audio from Rage Against put in Chris Cornell, and that and that is Audio Slave. It's, like, two albums. Yeah. And it's much more of a electronic-based. Which is funny, because then you account for it, then Chris Cornell, before his death, again, then went back to Soundgarden, and then that's how you get Prophets of Rage, is because for their new lead singer, they put the other guy in, and that's how you get Prophets of Rage. And then, didn't Cornell do stuff with Stone Temple Pilots? Uh, no, you think that's Scott Whaling, I think it's STB. But you I thought he did some stuff with them, maybe? Uh, the only other thing I always think of is with STP. And then Scott Chester also- went to STP. Yeah, he did. Like, Chester did something with STB. I knew that. Also, yeah, uh, Chris Cornell, Temple of the Dog. I think. No, I don't know. I don't know if he has done anything with STP. No, he's he's done a lot of collaboration work, so it's, yeah. it could be like somewhere buried in that. Yeah, and you, you, one you of the te- best Bond themes ever. Uh. Yeah, uh, I, I I think it's the best modern Bond theme. Um, it's top three for sure. Because, like, I, I stick with right. I, okay, the Adele scene, I'm not going to actually bitch on the Adele theme ever. I don't like the Spectre theme that much. Oh, Sam Smith's? Yeah, and I'm not excited for the Billie Eilish theme coming. Like, I don't know. I, I'm refusing to listen to it. <laughs> it's not bad. Like, But is it a Bond theme? Uh, In the same way that, like, a lot of the classic Bond themes are Bond themes. Because, like, the modern Bond themes have always been, you get a poppy to rock artist. And that's where the Sam Smith, I think, kind of falls out of that chain. Because, like, obviously Adele's not rock in the traditional sense, but she totally has the, like, like leaning more on that side of pop, especially in that song. And that's very much, like, the tension, the, like, essence of it. And Billie Eilish just doesn't have that, naturally. I mean, her, like, Billie's voice definitely fits the theme of No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Just much more of a somber, um, somber theme. So, yeah, it's not bad. 
she performed it on one of the late night shows like two months before they announced the first delay. Mm. Which we'll see. We'll see that. We'll see that even comes out this year. (laughs) Shit. Who did Quantum Solace? Because I remember that one being. Quantum. And it was a big name. It was a big name. It wasn't something like Alicia Keys, was it? Yeah, it was Alicia Keys and Jack White. Oh, I was right. Okay. <laughs> it's called Another Way to Die. Yeah, Alicia Keys. It's pretty good. They've got it ranked. This is Classic FM. They have it ranked as 22nd on the list. What do they have? Is, what's the, let me guess. Classic FM has to have Adele as the top because, of course, they do. Uh, Sam Smith is number 20. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paul McCartney's Live and Let Die, which, I mean, that I, song I also, became more famous as a Guns N' Roses song. I was going to say, also, like, I don't know if I, like, Paul McCartney, I was going to with about it, like, I don't know if I love that song. You Know My Name, Chris Cornell is 16, Cheryl Crow, Adele is 14. Who the fuck's number one, then? Billie like, Eilish is 12. What? <laughs> I don't like this list. Uh, Shirley Bassey is 10. Duran Duran is 9. Duran Duran is 9. Gladys Knight is 7. Nancy Carly Simon. Turner. Nancy Sinatra. Shirley Bassey's Diamonds Are Forever theme. Which is a good theme. Wait, isn't there a Frank Sinatra one too? Nancy Sinatra. Is it Nancy Sinatra? Because I know there's yeah, a Frank Sinatra never thing. did one. Okay. That'd be amazing. Can you imagine if they had like a Rat Pack theme? Oh, dude, if they had a Rat Pack theme, I... That would be number one. That Bond movie might be the most just... That would be the highest bill for gin and vodka. (laughs) And whiskey. Because if it would have been... If it would have been prime Rat Pack, that would have been either Connery's second run or Mm -hmm. Roger Moore. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there would have been a lot of drinking. But, like, also, you could picture a theme in your head working perfectly, can't you? Like, I could, they would be perfect. Oh, yeah, for that, the big band themes mm-hmm. that they did up until the 70s. Like, that'd be, that'd be amazing. You just hear, like, it would be, it'd be something, some Magic of the World, right? It's Moonraker, but it's Fly Me to the Moon. No, fly me that to work. the moon. <laughs> perfect. Um, general updates uh, as we get into the show. Um, as people noticed, uh, because it came out the week before this episode, we are now doing an F1 podcast that AJ's taken the reins on, and I'm I'm kind of get to sit there and learn about the world of international racing, right, AJ? Yeah. The- so the first episode is like a thirty some odd minute episode. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of an intro into the sport. Um, I definitely the- miss some stuff, so. And then those would be infrequent pending races and schedules, but every couple weeks then expect some F1 thing to pop up on your feeds. Uh, other note stuff, GDEX is officially not canceled this year. It's online, so we're going to figure that out if we do anything or not. Um, my assumption is this year's convention season is just gone. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, GDEX is... That was the last thing, kind of a holdout, that we probably would have messed with. Yeah, that was what... Labor Day weekend normal? 
uh, no, no, it was in October. Columbus Day. Columbus Day. So, we will... I'm just... We'll figure out if we do anything. But yeah, um, hopefully we'll all be back with a bang next year with all this fun stuff. I think that's all I have. Uh, I think I think we have to start the big news. AJ, at the time we were quoting this, for the last 36 hours, the world has been introduced to the great post-apocalyptic United States of America. Would you please uh, serenade us with a spoiler-free discussion based on what you have played, which I have not played yet, doesn't leave my trip, I was holding out to after, of The Last of Us Part 2. So this isn't a spoiler because the first game ends here, and I didn't realize it until I actually visited the place in real life. Um, it opens in Jackson, Wyoming. Okay. Which is... Is that where you went? Yeah. It is probably the most beautiful place in the world. If you like mountains. Interesting, because I legitimately say the most beautiful state is either Kentucky or Tennessee. Yeah. Wyoming is on another level. Um, It makes you feel small in a way that Alaska didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, uh, spoiler free, Naughty Dog did it again. I'm like probably six hours, seven hours into the game. Okay. Yeah, Naughty Dog did it again, man, I'll tell you what. I am looking forward to what the PS5 is going to have, because if Last of Us 2 is kind of the send-off, and obviously Ghost of Tsushima is Mm -hmm. still to come, but... They could just not release anything on the PS4, and if these if these two games are the last two games that come out on the console, it's the perfect send off. Jimmy, so like Last of Us is obviously the perfect send off for PS3. You think they did they did a, a, some something again in that equivalent? Yeah, well, and even Last of Us wasn't the last was, big game. Well, the last first party big game. Okay, first party, but I mean, like they had the. I was at uh, GTA is after then you call Batman was yeah. after then yeah they had a few after. So there were I mean GTA is probably the big send off for the PS3. Right, but I meant from a like from a first party point of view, they sent it off kind of the similar way of like actually pretty closely actually the similar way it was within like two weeks of each other them coming out even. Yeah. So one of the things I'm curious about I don't know if you've messed with them apparently there's like a thousand accessibility and difficulty options in the game. Yeah, so I did the one that I think everybody should do. Any game that offers this, you should just go ahead and do. It's uh, replace tap with hold. Mm. Because button yeah, mashing is just overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you just hold buttons instead. Which is great, because there's a bunch of, like... Um, you know, it's Last of Us Combat, so if somebody gets on you, you have to... Before you had to mash to break the, uh, mm. break the hold, and if you know you were off by one or two mashes, it wasn't going to work. Now you just hold it, and you're like, okay, whatever. That being said, though, there is a scene where um, main character uh, goes after somebody and stabs them. Mm-hmm. And I so wanted that to just be a mash, like... Just, <laughs> just the, the gruesomeness of it? Well, Last of Us is a gruesome game. Like, it is a... Right, yeah. 
it is a game that I think in a way that Mortal Kombat has never done, Last of Us pushes the boundaries on what is considered acceptable. Interesting. Well, because think about it, right? Like, there's some gruesome scenes where you're like, you know, you're walking up behind normal people and just oh, yeah, and ganking just them and just, like, it's just horrendous. And mm-hmm. um, the scene was a revenge kill, and I so wanted there just to be the ability to just mash square and just keep diving the knife into the guy. Mm-hmm. Because you wanted the main character to do that. Like, you would think they are they would do this. Like, they would just... They would break and just stab this person a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So far, I will say, um, it op- it does a very good job of if you didn't play the first one, mm-hmm. summarizing what happened. Really? Because I, I was very curious on that. Because so the, they have announced that the. PS4 version of Last was actually sold more than the PS3 version, so like yeah. I'm curious, kind of going into this, kind of what percentage of people had never touched it. Yeah, um, it does a very good job of summarizing what happened in the first one and why they're in the situation they're in. Um, and I will say, as far as I've played, this isn't really a spoiler because I haven't it yet. That the trailer that they showed. That E3 where they did the, uh, like, church? Yeah. I have yet to see that. <laughs> oh, God. So, do they do... So, like, obviously, The Last of Us Part 1, without saying it, I guess. And, but, uh, okay, they, so they... I will I will say, the only reason I bring that up, they mention it. Oh, they no. mention the events in that trailer happening. Oh! So, like, that trailer wasn't part of the game? I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, so I was curious, though, because obviously Last of Us first one was really good in the la- first... I'd say that, that first Last of Us, that opening 30 minutes of the game might be perfect. And the like, opening, it's obviously very that, gut-wrenching. Yeah, that opening is maybe the second most emotional I've ever been in a video game. So I'm curious, do they do something equivalent of, like, jaw-dropping in the beginning? Without saying what it is, obviously. Um... Oh, not that really? soon. They do something in the in the beginning, but it's not. It's not like the immediate open of the game. Okay, so I'm gonna ask the other obvious question on this game. Hmm? Are you having fun? Yes. <laughs> like it's one of those things where the game is just so gruesome that can it be defined as fun? Like. I don't know. It's more of like enjoying the story that they're telling and it I think it's the same thing that happened to me when I played Red Dead. Like some of these and obviously Red Dead's more of an RPG than Last of Us is, but mm-hmm. you play as the character, not as mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely because these worlds are so well built. Like feel like main character that you're playing you want to do what they would do mm-hmm. same with red dead like i played my arthur morgan as like this 
pretty kind of mirror opposite of what the Vanderlyn gang was. Mm-hmm. Like he was helping everybody, and he was helping old ladies, and he was you know, <laughs> giving giving money to people that need it, and a very white hat person. But then he also had a dark side where, when it needed to be done, he could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I will say so they I... they do a very in- the interesting thing that they do in the open is uh, they introduce new characters, and you play as one of them. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that for so people get to experience it themselves, I guess. It, it, like, you don't do much as the the character that you're... It's very much a tutorialization of, like, you know, the sprint and sprint jump and crouching and prone, claw, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that that you're playing not as an established character already. Okay. I will say though, if you again, as far as I've played through the game, if you hadn't seen that E3 trailer, you are confused as hell. <laughs> really? Well, just because like the the first interaction with Ellie is her talking about that, that trailer, yeah. I want. They'll probably have to explain it at some point, but that's interesting. That it's like okay, is this you know? Last of Us is old of, is old enough now, as well as the DLC, like the Left Behind DLC, like them kind of going back and explaining what happened when. Uh, you know, there was that span of time where Joel was recovering from his injury, playing as Ellie. They have the, uh, when she gets bit, right, the DLC is when Ellie gets bit. She's got that relationship there. Yeah, she's immune or whatever. Yeah. I'm Okay playing through that DLC again to remember like what happened well I know what happened but like I think, I think it ends with you going to the mall in the winter mm-hmm. which is kind of that center part of the game also I have no idea how far I'm into the game there are no like the way that the first game had the seasons mm-hmm. there is well I guess you change location but that's the only season that's the only change i've seen so far like and huh so i have no idea am i third of the way am i halfway through am i a fifth of the mm-hmm. way through the, like how far am i into the game which in a in a weird way i like because i don't want to know when it happens mm-hmm. perfect um, so I'm still poking my way through Final Fantasy VII Remake. AJ, I found I found my favorite town in the entire game, though. Is it Shooterton? Uh, no, it's uh, it's it's called Wall Market, and it's literally this. It's a part of the town where it's just all like debauchery and nightclubs and massage parlors and shenanigans. 
and has the best fucking beat in the soundtrack. But yeah, um, there is a little quest there where you have to get a massage, and you have to tip accordingly for the outcome you want. That's all I'm gonna say on that one. It's not an M-rated game, right? No, it's um, is it? Well, I guess it's more of they're not gonna show. Who's the main yeah. character? Cloud. <laughs> that, is, that is not the yeah. That's not the outcome of the character. It is uh, T. I'm gonna say they're not gonna show the main character getting a handy. So. <laughs> No, really? I mean, if Red Dead didn't, Final yeah, Fantasy no isn't. Like, it was mm. greatly implied in Red Dead. They didn't go the full GTA of the, the hooker bouncing on you in the car. <laughs> GTA doesn't have any boundaries. So, speaking of that, spe- okay. and speaking of GTA 5, did you ever... I think you could only do it in the single player. Did you ever go to the strip club and friend a stripper and then call them to the house? No. Okay. Neither did I. I want to know somebody that... Uh, of course I didn't. Why would I say such things? I never did such things. Sarcastic and you actually did? No, I'm saying I was accusing you of doing it. Oh, no. Like, I think at one point I had... Franklin, maybe? Mm-hmm. Either there's part of a... There's a side quest or something where... You get a couple of... Oh, it's when... uh, It's when Franklin runs the strip club. Mm. You get some of their phone numbers. Um, And it, you know, it had a tooltip of like, oh, you can call them. I just never did because I never used the phone. Yeah, me neither. I never did that weird side stuff of like calling them or any of that stuff. I have to imagine there's something for it, and people that 100% of the game did it at once. Uh, yeah, a thousand percent. The other thing I've been playing is I'm poking with some of my friends still at Warzone. Uh, what's exciting is apparently the next update, it's looking like they're teasing RC cars coming back. Which you can imagine. Coming back. I'm, well, come back to Call of Duty because obviously they haven't been. Oh. Like, I'm curious. We're never in this. I'm curious, kind of how bad it will break the balance of the game. Like, how do you balance those right? Because, like, obviously in multiplayer, you're okay if someone like it's chaotic and stuff. But like, this is very more contained, and the concern quickly becomes how overpowered are they? Like, do you control range on them? Do you stop them going upstairs? Like, you have to do something to make them not these fucking monstrosities. They'll probably be like a EMP. Yeah, but those range on those fuckers are still, I think, too far for an RC car, because, like, if I get towards the final circle... Yeah. Well, Call of Duty's kind of exaggerating distances and stuff like that, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing excitingly new about it. We're still just poking at it. I mean, it's hell, Call, Call of Duty has no bullet drop short of over... Is it over 500 meters? Mm-hmm. That's true. Which doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. AJ says here for what we've seen, what is jack shit? That means absolutely nothing. 
Oh, I was very confused. I was like, does that mean Samurai Jack? Does that mean... Jack shit, it's been a calm week for you? Yeah. I mean, I've been watching um, the debacle that has been the MLB trying to figure out if they're ever going to have a season. Yeah, one day it was 100 games, another day it was 60, and then it's not confirmed. Let's see, currently, uh, the MLB won't counter the Union sticks to their 60-game offer. They just won't counter it at all. So the uh, owners and the commissioner want 60 games. I think mm-hmm. the players want 70 or something like that. And the players want to get paid differently, I thought, too. They want to get prorated better. Yeah, well, if they play 70, they're going to get a better mm-hmm. salary. I thought, like, a pro-game basis, they still wanted to get paid better or something weird. Yeah, maybe. I think they wanted, like, full pro-rate. Yeah, and they want some discounted rate. The yeah. owners do. The owners want, like, 85% pro Mm-hmm. Which, for the guys making $100 million a year, is nothing. Right, but, but I think it's more the argument of how much you're working versus how much you're going to get paid per how much you're working. But the guys that are making league minimum, which in the MLB is extremely low, mm-hmm. that 15% could mean the difference between like them being able to easily get to wherever they need to go mm-hmm. for spring training and them having to... like Struggle bus? Well, not necessarily struggle bus, but like stay with somebody, which then increases the risk of spread and things like that. Mm-hmm. So apparently, there's some Philly players are in quarantine right now. I don't remember if it was baseball or what sport it was, but yeah, a couple of the facilities down in Arizona. Um, in fact, there's kind of a, another outbreak down there. Um, what is it? The Phoenix Coyotes and Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. A bunch of them mm-hmm. tested positive. Um, yeah, all the facility, all of the spring training facilities in Arizona have been shut down for baseball. Hmm. Also, because do we think baseball is going to have? Any, do we think any baseball is going to have any audience in it? Or no. I mean. Any sport that comes back is going to have no or minimal audience. I think minimal. I'd be curious if it's no or if it's minimal. I mean, like NASCAR had a thousand people at Homestead, and the only reason they did they had that many was because it's big enough that you can do it, mm-hmm. and they weren't fan like they weren't just normal fans. They were invited. Mm-hmm. They were like first responders, EMS, um, military members, stuff. So, mm-hmm. Talladega is the first race, which is as we're recording this tomorrow, but it has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were having five thousand fans there because the front stretch at Talladega is a mile, so you can social distance five thousand people over the course of a mile. Okay. Makes some sense, actually. So, let's see. So, I started watching... I watched The Dark Knight Rises, which, for the record, I'm going to say the obvious thing, way too eerie to right now at certain points, just of everything happening in the world. <laughs> There's just moments... Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> two-thirds of that movie is very much, like... <laughs> and the same thing with Last of Us, like... Maybe I shouldn't be interacting with this <laughs> at this point in time. Like, there are moments where it would, like... 
I'm just gonna spoil, fuck it, and start doing rises back, say what the fuck I wanted. I, there are moments where Bane's like, people of Gotham, it is fine, we have removed the police, now yeah. go take way back what is rightfully yours. And I was like, holy shit, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> yeah. And then the court, the kangaroo court. <laughs> the kangaroo court! Kangaroo court reminded me too much of Chaz right now in, in Seattle. Like, way too much. I was like, holy shit. He's like, exile or death. He's like, I'll never go to exile. Poof. Exile by death it is. No, it's death by <laughs> exile. by exile it is. Like, it's, God. Fuck it. Like, I enjoy the movie. It's not that. It's just, right now, it just feels like a lot. Yeah, there's definitely a, ooh, this is a little... Too on the nose. Like, it was a little on the nose when the movie came out. But, like, now... Now it's very much, like... We could see this happen. I'm sorry. Right now, so I don't think we were talking about Chaz. Right now, Chaz is about two steps away from it happening, I feel like. Yeah. Potentially. Okay, all you gotta do is clip the borders on Chaz and it turns into this in a smaller scale. Yeah. Like, all, all we do is we, if you shut the borders on Chaz, how is it, it literally is, is Dark Knight Rises Gotham. Well, yes and no, because they've cleared everything out in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Dark Knight Rises, they capture the police, they capture the leaders. Yeah, but the the way I compare it was so in Chaz right now there are no police, and obviously in Dark Knight Rises they moved that, and then Chaz has has put so up some kangaroo government within it. Yeah, well, there's a kangaroo government, but there's nobody for them to try. Like, give it, give it, give it a week, give it a week. They'll find someone doing some shit. Well, but in the sense of, like, the kangaroo court in Rises being, like, they're trying the businessmen and the... No, in Chaz, they started adding laws and rules, and they were, they were, like, banishing people out of it for breaking rules, or, like, I saw something about bats beating as a punishment. Like, they were making rules. Yeah. Well, it's very, like, very quickly. Yeah, but, like, more of, I think, what your idea of, like, the, the uh, scarecrow holding kangaroo court, mm-hmm. like... They weren't trying normal people for actual crimes, like, like quote unquote, like real crimes. Mm-hmm. They were trying the business owners and the ultra wealthy for crimes against the the ninety nine percent, I guess. Which, which in Seattle, that wouldn't happen because let's be honest, it's a lot of semi rich. It's semi rich twenty olds who are in the Chaz right now, so they're not going to start yeah. trying the rich people because they very quickly realize what would happen. Yeah, they're gonna start. They're gonna start trying their dads that are like executives, and and then mystically they'll get tried next because they're related to the money. Yeah, because they'll inherit the money, and then all the people will be like, "Wait, now you have the money." Yeah. Jesus Christ. Also, I didn't note here because I don't know if I realized. This. So, in the beginning of the film, there's that one sniper scene. Is that supposed to be Deadshot? It is. God, I wrote it down. Um, it is. There was a there was a shot. No, the opening a... of the movie is Bane escaping. No, not that. It's um, it's they're in Gotham. When I see this, when I saw this, let me see if I can find where in the film. Sniper. Are you sure you're not thinking of Dark Knight? Yeah. at the funeral. For the record, I just googled Dark Knight Rises. Deadshot, and it says, played by Josh Stewart. He appears throughout the film working with Bane. Eventually, he's killed by Officer Folly while escorting Talia. 
Let me see if I can find what he looks like. Yeah, he's one of he's the he's the sniper. He's the guy with so the guy who works with Bane who has the bulletproof vest and has fifty bullets on his chest. He's the guy who walks up. He walks to the to the army guy and says, "You're gonna barricade the city in." That guy's supposed to be Deadshot. See. Just Google Dark Knight Rises Deadshot. Yeah, up. I did. Oh yeah, he's part of the uh, the group mm-hmm. that escapes. Yeah. Uh, some the reason that caught me was at one point in the film he runs like a sniper and I forget who he shoots down or so. he shoots someone down with it, and I was like, wait, is that supposed to be Deadshot? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. They like the. And, like, that was a clean reference where, like, obviously I caught it. And, like, so if you care, it's a cool reference. But, like, it's not enough where, like, it's in your face. Also, like, this is Deadshot. Have a good day. Like, it's well, a good Nolan thing of, like, being subtle. Yeah, and he's not going to have his mask because... There's no reason to. Well, yeah, the Nolan Batman universe, <clears throat> all of the people are normal. And quote-unquote, yeah. Even the Joker is a normal person. Uh, I'd say Raja Ghoul is the one example of not normal. He becomes a ghost, but I think that's more of a, you know, Bruce Wayne having a trip in his head or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. like can we psychoanalyze Batman? He definitely has PTSD. But he may not, though. The only thing, though, which I say it's more than that is he's the one who... Uh, during the ghost scene in Rises, explains to Bruce about how that's when he thinks that Bane is his son from that psycho scene. Could that just be... Him thinking that? Yeah, because Bruce Wayne is supposedly this insane detective. Mm -hmm. Is Bruce Wayne just having a PTSD trip? Highly possible. But yeah, no, I really enjoy the film. Obviously, I like the the heads on its heels of, like, no one's really in power and stuff. I don't understand the bad rap the film gets, personally. Like, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's definitely still a really good film. Well, it had to follow up... Dark Knight. Dark Knight, which is the best superhero movie ever. Maybe. And one of the best movies ever. Mm-hmm. My superior argument is it's Dark Knight or Logan's always my fight. Uh, I still, I would take Dark Knight above Logan. Okay. But it's definitely a, you know, there, it's two sides of the same coin. Yeah, I think there's a discussion to be had for either. Like, that's what we want to say that. Like, like I wouldn't give any of the, like, even I wouldn't give, like, Endgame or Infinity War, which obviously I really like, I would never put those in that same discussion because the reason they're important is because of the culmination of what they lead to where Logan and Dark Knight independent are great films. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing with the MCU. There's a lot of bullshit to watch. Or... But, there's a lot, but, like, there are some some of are great movies or great scenes. But, yes, there's, yeah. there's slugs or... Not even slugs. There's stuff that's fun to watch, but it doesn't leave the same. Yeah, whereas Logan and Dark Knight, you can watch on their own. Mm-hmm. And you get 99% of what's going on. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing always has been when I was lived with my roommates in Chicago. The one of them never watched Dark Knight, so we made him watch it. And like we had a after I think it was the cruise ship scene or whatever. So it feels like to, not cruise ship is the ending that you think is the, cruise ship is the true ending. The one before that where you feel would be the ending, 
and we stopped to go to the bathroom. He thought the film was almost over because it was like an hour 45. And he was like, we still have 45 minutes left in this film. We're like, yes, it, it's a fucking journey. <laughs> when they capture a joke, it kind of feels like the end originally. Then they oh, bounce out. Uh, yeah. Like it feels like in a normal film, that could be the end of a film almost. Like you just kind of wrap it up there, kind of end it. Instead, it's a Nolan film. So you still have another 45 minutes of the next plot. Yeah, it's the uh, that the meme of the football player. They had us in the mm. first half, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it totally feels like. Yeah, and if there were more Joker movies, that is, yes, the ideal, mm-hmm. ideal ending is there as him, as Joker is clapping as Gordon gets promoted. Mm-hmm. Then end... Joker 1 mm-hmm. and go to Joker 2. Downside is you can't really do that anymore, so. Right. Okay. Otherwise, what I watched last night also was so Netflix released. I don't know if it was Netflix. I saw it on Netflix where it was a Queen with Adam Lambert, the documentary about it. It's it's. I want to say somebody put that out and then it got picked up and is now on Netflix. That might be. But like, it's just fascinating. Of like, I forget how much that like obviously Freddie Mercury Queen, and then I forget how much like in the in between like Queen was like a band that no one cared about. Like everyone kind of knew we were wacky, but like no one cared about Queen. And then like in the mid two thousands, they came back with like the Queen like Broadway show, and like they just slowly started coming back, and then. And then obviously I knew they were big with Adam Lambert. I don't know if I realize how big they were with Adam Lambert right now. Well, the only reason they're big is because they're touring again. Like, but but like they would they would try touring like before Adam Lambert, and like they were never as big as they are right now. Like well, they tried touring in the twenty like the mid two thousands with the different with the lead singer of Bad Company. Yeah, and but the problem okay. is there are very few people that can fill the shoes of Freddie Mercury. And Adam Lambert, I think we're watching him there and watching other stuff. I think he can. Like, they're not perfect, obviously, but I think fundamentally he can. Which, it's funny. This guy has got... He didn't win American Idol. He should have, but yes. He should have, because I can't even remember the name of the guy. It was another Adam. Chris Allen, which was generic white, generic pretty white boy. He did, like, the the poppy white, the poppy, like, cute white boy songs is what he won, and all the teenage girls voted for him. No, it was another Adam. It was on a no, little it was guy. Chris Allen. It's Chris Allen. I will promise you this. His name is Chris Allen. He won the eighth season of American Idol. I know you're Googling. His name is Chris Allen. I'm looking at his picture right now. I will promise that you this. Adam. There was another Adam. It was a small guy. Different season then. No, because it was the two Adams. So maybe Adam Lambert came out ahead of him. You make me pull. Let's see. Uh, is it the eighth season of American Idol? Okay, let's. Pull, I'm pulling American Idol's eighth season, right? Finalists. Can I have? Here's the top thirteen. I think. Okay. Top thirteen goes Lil Rounds. Don't remember this guy. Scott Scott McNider. Don't remember him. Danny Gorky, Michael Server, Jasmine Murray, Chris Allen, Allison 
Arita, which I think was the rock girl, Anoop Desi, George Nunez. I watched this season. I remember all these people. Megan Joy, Adam Lambert, Matt Gurid, and Alexa Grace. These that was the top thirteen. Huh. I don't know. I'm, what, I'm definitely we... blending seasons together. You then. must be blending seasons. That's why I'm like, I just knew that Chris Allen, because I've been like, obviously that's the infamous one of like. Adam Lambert should have won. Like, the honest answer is Adam Lambert should have won. Well, I don't think, like, the problem is you, I hate to say it, you can't, you couldn't have done that at that time just because. And also, people think he lost probably because he was gay. And yeah, like, that's, that, that's the that's whole what, point is. Right, like, they think that's why he lost. There's a large population in this country that would Also, also, your audience is teenage girls, statistically speaking, who vote. And obviously, do they go for the gay guy or the cute white boy? Well, uh, it's teenage girls and their family. Like, Right, but like if I said, who probably is the bigger... Like, who's who's the, like, the, like vocal influence? It's the teenage girls. Yeah. Let's see. It's season four. I okay. I know the winners half the time, but yeah, or the top two people, three people. But Kelly Clarkson, everybody knows her. Ruben Stutter disappeared. Well, he's more of a. I mean, he disappeared because he's a gospel singer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows Clay Aiken. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantasia Barino. Season three. Carrie Underwood, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hicks fell off a map. Jordan Sparks. God, who is the guy? Popular. Who's the guy? What's the band? Oh, it was uh, season seven. It was David Archuleta and David Cook. That's that's David. Yeah, okay, that's it. And Archuleta won. I think Cook lost. Cook won. He beat Archuleta. Cook won. Which, let's be honest, David Cook, a lot better than David Archuleta. Oh yeah, Uh, that's what you're thinking of, though. Who am I thinking of? The guy in like third place. I think it's maybe it's the Taylor season. The guy in third place. Start, start to really start a really popular band. Oh, it was Chris Got it was Chris Daughtry. He was in Chris four. Chris Daughtry's yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it was Chris Daughtry. Like <laughs> winning American Idol is kind of a curse. No, like a thousand this is the people talk about like Adam Lambert has done better because he didn't have the American Idol contract. Because think about it. He never would have toured with Queen. His debut album you never would have done. Like like all of this stuff that like made Adam Lambert like the reason he's giant right now. Like, there was no way if he won that, that contract for five years or whatever it is with American Idol, he would have ended up touring with Queen. There was no way. Going through, I don't know, like. I stopped caring. I think Scott McCree might have been the last season I saw. I only, I don't think I ever saw season 11, but I remember hearing Philip Phillips win because oh, that no, was a Phil hilarious Phillips, name. I remember Phil Phillips. I do remember him. Um, I'll give that one. I don't know. Maybe season that's 12. the most recent. Season I've seen. That's eleven. I'm not recognizing any of these names. Let's see. Let's see. So eleven, I saw. I don't know twelve. Yeah, I don't know Caleb. I don't know these people anymore. I, th- I think that might be, Phil Phillips might have been like the season I fell off on. Yeah. Like, okay, so they've had eighteen seasons. They're like a year off. Yeah, because Scott McCreary, obviously, I know. Philip Phillips Lee, is the last. Leader wise, I forgot was a person. That's season nine. That was one after that one. I 
think I know the name, but... Yeah, it's one of those people I, I probably forgot he existed, too. I just saw that right now. I mean, okay. season 11, like, that was, what, 2012. Mm. I'm sorry, it doesn't take this long to put out an album. <laughs> Let's see, season 16 was 2018. Like, mm. Maddie Poppy... Should have like two albums by now. Well, she should have, you know, an album that went number one because you have Simon fucking Cowell behind you. Granted, he's not like he's not the face of American Idol anymore. He he is. He's a judge again. Um, but like when he left to do AGT, but he still he still runs it, and in the back end, he still is the producer you get. And also, like I know we we because we don't see producers all the time. Simon Cowell and what is it, Randy, whatever his Jackson. name is, Jackson, are legitimately in music two of the most important producers, period, end of story. Like, we don't see them because I just see them. Like, like they make people's careers. Let's go to the season six. That was the cast. I mean, even like, so you had Simon Cowell and Randy Jackson, like, mm-hmm. again, two amazing producers. And then Paula Abdul, who, you want to look at somebody that, handled stardom mm-hmm. it was paul abdul yeah so you had these your entire you know kind of backing team mm-hmm. were people that basically set you up for success yeah like that initial that initial crew for sure did I mean, they basically handed you a number one and said, here you go. Oh, yeah, especially if you're, like, the first, like, five, six, seven season of American Idol. Like, if you won or got second, like, you were good. But, yeah, it is interesting, though. How many people, you times you saw people get, like, second, third, or fourth, and, like, they're more important. Like, obviously, Chris Daughtry was way more important than anyone from that season. Season one. Yeah, and he got fourth. Yeah, he was the season five Taylor Hicks, who he was the dude that was gray when he won. Right. So no one cares. Oh, what is he doing? Like, twenty sixteen, he began hosting the INSP original series State Plate and released a new single. Right. He's got a residency. <laughs> That's that should tell you. Hold on, does he still have it? <laughs> There's no way he has it right now. He hasn't released an album since 2009. He's an he's a stage actor now. Okay, yeah. His his third album. Are you in this one, AJ? His third album, which is the first album post American Idol, sold fifty two thousand units. That's not good. His American Idol album sold 700,000, which you expect because American Idol. But yeah. He apparently like, attended the 2013 Evo as a competitor for Melee. What? <laughs> he was the first okay. male idol to be featured on a Grammy winning album. So here's, here's what you gotta do, okay? You have to tech, remind me after the show, and I'm gonna see if we can email him to talk about Evo. Mm-mm. 
Nick, no. Nope. <laughs> Not having that interview. <laughs> I will gladly interview the people from Young. Uh, what is it? Young Horses. <laughs> But you're not going to interview Taylor Hicks about his Evo experience in 2013. He was the first idol winner to secure a long-term residency at Vegas. <laughs> I'm surprised somebody like Kelly Clarkson never tried to secure one of those. Be like, I don't have to go anywhere. Sure. I got a shit ton more money to her. Yeah, but like, there's some level of like, that's why like art is like, you have giant artists now who do it. They're like, I'm too old. I don't want to move anymore. Like, I'll go do three nights a week. I don't care. Well, I think the people that have residencies are more of people that just want the steady income. Mm-hmm. Also, who do you think is more successful, Carrie Underwood or Kelly Clarkson? Uh, fuck, that's a tough one. I'm going with Underwood. Am I wrong? I just was asking them. What do you think? Who do you think it is? Who do you think it is? Um, I. It depends on how you define success. Like, Kelly Clarkson is a coach for The Voice. Like, like that's still successful. Yeah, neither of them are not successful. We're not saying that. Yeah. I don't know. There's no... I'm looking for just... I want numbers. (laughs) Scotty, tours. She did have a... Oh, Kelly Clarkson's got a residency. Oh. Um... It was scheduled to premiere July 29, uh, 2020, but it's been postponed to 21. There's no sales numbers. Aww. Uh, Carrie Underwood. I, I don't know. That's tough. Right? Like, Kelly Clarkson had three more years. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. In range. Carrie Underwood performed at the Super Bowl. Like, That's true. Granted, I think it was the Star Spangled Banner. So, like, no one actually cares is what you're saying because it's the Star Spangled Banner? She did the... Okay, hold on. She, in uh, 2005, she performed the Star Spangled Banner at Game 4 of the NBA Finals. And at the 06 All-Star Game, she performed at the halftime of the 2006 Thanksgiving Day football game. Performed the National Anthem at the NFC Championship game between the Seahawks and Panthers in 06, as well as the 06 edition of the Coke 600. Damn, in 06, she did every National Anthem. No. How much do you pay to do National Anthem, do you think? Do you get paid, or is it more like a publicity spot? That's tough. It depend, like, it's, it's I think it thing. completely depends on the Who you are. person. Yeah. Like, there's no way that, like, when you get, when you got, like, Christina Aguilar do it for free, there's no way that she's free, right? Like, for sure you're paying her something to show up. Yeah. Because the goal is, if you get someone big like that, maybe they'll keep the show on for a bit then, and then get some ratings from it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say probably Carrie Underwood's more successful. Yeah, but again, I don't think either are not successful. Yeah. I mean, it also helps that Carrie Underwood married a hockey player who was making a mm-hmm. shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. So she's been able to maybe be a little more picky about... What she does. What she does. 
Okay. Uh, AJ, I've, on the show notes here, it says you have been enjoying the beach. I yep. thought, I thought Michigan, are you are you allowed to leave your homes now? Okay. I've been able to for a while. Mm. Um, I mean, like, the beach has been open. Like, the state park. They just, mm-hmm. Nobody was staffing it. And all, like, the snow fence was up and stuff like that. I still go out. So you you just I assume the beach is off like Michigan? Yeah. Okay. Assume normal beach shenanigans of, of getting burnt as fuck and passing out? Uh no, I got burnt as fuck while I was painting the deck. And we're not supposed to have alcohol at the beach. No, like the normally beach. when I go to the beach, um when I go to the state well we can have alcohol but it's not at the state park. Mm. Um can get a ticket if it's at the state park. Um, like we'll just go out and like have dinner at the beach. Like last night we had pizza at the beach and watched the boats in the channel. How far are you from the beach? I thought you were decently far. Twenty-five minutes. Okay, not atrocious, but you went next to it or anything? It's not like I can walk down the road and it's there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Um. Yeah, uh, as of six days from now, I leave for my giant cross-country trip, as we're calling it. So today, today to give you the, the It legs, isn't cross-country, but... Okay, it's, it is... You drive the length of Florida, what, like three times? <laughs> so I go, okay, here's where I... So I'm from the... So I'm in Panhandle, Florida, right? I drive to Miami. Then from Miami... We drive to Orlando. Then Orlando, like, we're going to Cocoa Beach and back. But, like, we're in Orlando a few days. We drive up to Atlanta to... Then we go to the capital of Georgia. Then from there, we go to Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach to Williamsburg. And then while you're in Williamsburg, one of the days we're going to D.C. And then from there, we obviously drive back to... We drive there to Richmond. Richmond to Atlanta. Atlanta back to my house. Yeah, that's... So I think it's 3,000 miles, 10 days, 5 states. Yeah. Uh, so they also announced that they're doing actually, because I'm sure where Trump's going to be on the 4th until, and they announced they are doing stuff in D.C., so I think I'm going to be in D.C. proper on the 4th. Of course he's going to be there. Uh, the rumor was Mount Rushmore for a hot minute. I think he would give up the publicity stunt of coming out of the bunker for the fourth. <laughs> no, apparently he's supposed to do a speech on the, at the Washington Monument, which we did last year. Is so. that is the scaffolding off it? Apparently, that's last year. Apparently, that's what they did, he did too. So apparently, this is tamed from last year. Last year was like a three-day event. Well, you know, Trump likes to go big. Go big or go home, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Go big yeah, or one... get charged with sexual assault, I guess. <laughs> uh, one of the days, I think we're going to Colonia or Williamsburg, which will be interesting. I'm trying to convince my friends that we should dress up like the old people. Uh, dress up like... I don't know. Dress up like natives and see what happens. <laughs> like natives? Jesus Christ. That's not what I meant when I said the old people. 
No, I'm saying dress up like natives. See what happens when the old people in Williamsburg see you. They try to shoot you in the face with a musket. <laughs> oh, like they're really role-playing that good, you're saying? Yeah, test their test their RPG system. <laughs> Do you think that those are real muskets they're using? Like the old like the old reenactment people are like, fuck it, we got real muskets just to be safe. I mean, hell, those things are so inaccurate, they could be. <laughs> they, uh, I'm actually not that threatened, unless they, unless they have a bayonet at the end of it, then I'm threatened. I mean, you could stand within probably 10 feet of the barrel of a musket. Mm-hmm. Any closer than that, it would definitely be a hit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like 10 feet in the past, there's a pretty solid chance that it's going to miss. <laughs> Especially if they're aiming for a small part. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Test their logic yeah. tree. See if they'll, log- see if they'll uh, go off script. <laughs> You have to ask, like, absurd questions. I pulled a cell phone and just be like, what is this? No, is do the... Oh. You never watched Ooh. the last season of Westworld, did you? No. Okay, so there's a logic that they put in there, a logic puzzle that fries the system. And it's defining... Like, it's defining square root of negative one or something like that. And it just it's just a feedback loop. And it shuts down the system. Like, just do something like that. That. No, here's my actual test. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my female friend pull a cell phone up to them, ask them about it, and then see if she gets hung for being a witch. I was gonna say have her flash <laughs> him and see what they do. <laughs> see, I like mine much better because that'd be the realistic scenario. Would be would be go- the witch scenario. Well, no, like she would be jailed for um. What, what they used to call it. It wasn't indecent exposure back then, but it was like... It was some better term, yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously the trip we done by the time this, I think, comes out, but it'll be interesting to see how my trip goes if any of us kill each other because the longness of the trip. What are the, the odds... that you're doing it in a Toyota. <laughs> it is a Corolla. They are reliable cars. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just they're boring. What should I have rented like a should I have rented like a convertible? No, so you're in northwest Florida, there's a bunch of like good old boys that probably have some old race cars laying around, like mm. do the trip in an old NASCAR. I was thinking of doing the trip in like an old pickup truck. Actually, that would be fun. Like a, a restored fifties pickup truck that yeah. has like working AC and working brakes. Yeah, like, so I want stuff to not break on me, but yeah, like, that whole thing, and maybe one of the friends sits in the back the entire time, and, like, bangs on the back of the window and they have to go to the bathroom or whatever. Just, like, you're just doing, like, 55 miles an hour, because that's all the truck will do. <laughs> Cross the entire country. I mean, like, it would be, it's very sadistic on my end, but it would be very interesting to try to do a cross-country trip in a NASCAR. Jesus Christ, you have stopped for gas every two minutes? Well, you wouldn't have to because, like, you wouldn't be running at 200 miles an hour. So you'd That'd be, be getting a little bit better economy. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. just, like, have a have somebody with a big pickup truck that's got a gas tank on it. And when I run out of gas, they come fill me up. And <laughs> I was like the idea instead we have it where we just have an extra gas tank that one of us physically holds so we put more gas in the car as we're going. 
<laughs> no, if we if the SWW show had a road trip car, it'd be like a it'd be one of those sprinter vans. <laughs> like, oh my! I I've no joke thought about like what would be a good. We were gonna have something that we would take st- st- uh, to places. Um, can it, we, it would can, be one of those sprinter vans. Can we do a mystery machine instead? Uh, I mean, a sprinter van is a modern mystery machine, like, but like full blown, we full blown mystery machine this fucker. Uh, no, because they're, I mean they're just small. Like, that's the only downside to that van is they're just too small. Mm. Like, if we really wanted to do it right, we would get a sprinter van, and then we would have like an uh, an extended fuel tank so that we could get. 150 gallons in it and just go anywhere with uh, I like the other idea of I think it's I think it's a good comparison I think it's Infowars has the RV they travel with that would be similar we just we just re-rack an RV we just make it like a touring bus RV and instead it's fucking an entire mobile show like we like you do is we, ha- we get like Dan to drive us and mean you could do the show in the back like just live like it's normal I mean that's <laughs> what the guys that, that- that's what the guys at Spit and Chicklets do. Really? For the yeah, for the NHL All Star Game. What would be funny is like we I have a window in the back though, so you can see like cars driving by us and shit. They're like, wait, are they? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we could do it in a, in a sprinter too. It would just have to be a longer one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I legitimately thought about like, what if when we had an office, we just had a <laughs> we had like a you know an old. Uh, station wagon or something like that that we put a big gas tank in it and can take it to you know we can road trip to like e3 or pax or Mm -hmm. different shows Mm -hmm. now it's time for some random news we have uh which again the show's gonna be for a while so i'm watching the news but um one of the big things i find interesting is the oscars have been delayed by two months it's not super surprising because there's a ton of stuff that needs to get like there's stuff that had theater dates and right but the Oscars already adjusted those rules to account for that no like not like movie theater dates mm. like plays got it so and those take precedent over the Oscars because guess what plays pay more this is accurate Also, I just want to say they also pushed the eligibility window to the old Oscar date. Hmm. So Oscar got pushed two months, and the eligibility date now is pushed two months. Is pushed like two months also. That's a short window. Also, oh voters, yeah, because mm-hmm. I think be interesting. when I was voting had. Four months? When were you voting? When I was in school. You got to vote? Jesus Christ. Are you allowed to say what you voted for? Um, I'm sure if you pulled up the Oscars for that year, give you an... I don't know. You're not under NDA or anything? Okay, what year year would this be? Uh, 13 and 2014 Oscars then? Well, the 2013. 
Okay, so the 86 Academy Awards hosted by Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, best picture was 12 Years as a Slave, American Hustle, Captain Phillip, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomonia, and Wolf of Wall Street. And I better hope you did the right answer there. I definitely voted for Wolf. I don't know what. I'm glad you voted for Wolf. That is the correct answer. So to the school, did you guys get one vote then as a school? Uh, there were a couple people that signed up to vote. There, I think there were four of us. And then you, so that's your votes. Basically we had that... four different votes, yeah. Really? Okay. Well, because I it's would... each person. Like, I don't know if they had some rule member. because of the educational institution. They might have been like. No, because we signed up separately outside of oh, okay. school. So. Okay, so best director uh, would have been Gravity, American Hustle, Nebraska, 12 Years, or Wolf of Wall Street. I think I voted for American Hustle just because of what I heard they went through. Mm. Like interesting, they shot it very quickly. Mm-hmm. I think it was under two months. Really? And so for what it was, I was like, "This is really impressive." I'll vote for this. Okay. Again, I don't like that film that much. It's not a great film, but for what David O. Russell Which is funny, did at the time, like we talked about it, like it was. I feel like. Like the shadow definitely was. It was. It was good. It's you know. It's that they shot it, and I think it was sixty days. It was forty-eight or sixty days. Like that is incredibly quick to do. Mm-hmm. And for it to not be a piece of shit, like okay, yeah, I'll give it to him because I also feel like the American Hustle came out around the time of the Big Short, and I feel like it was just a smaller version of the Big Short. Yeah, it was more focused, but like it totally had the same kind of feel and stuff. Also had Amy Adams tits in it. Okay. Uh, best actor, McConaughey and Joel Spires Cub, Bale and Hustle, Bruce Dern in Nebraska, uh, DiCaprio and Wolf, or whatever the guy is from when 12 Years a Slave. I'm not even going to try to say it. Was that Shalil Lojavor? Yep. Um, McConaughey? Okay. Is either McConaughey or Bale? Which is funny, because McConaughey, I think, was also up for best... How is McConaughey? Oh, too, I wish McConaughey was up for best supporting in Wall Street. That'd been amazing if he was up for two. He could have won best supporting and lead actor. I mean, he wasn't the supporting actor in that. That's true. He was, he was a great actor in that film, though. Okay, so best actress. This is the last one we'll go through. Blanchett in Blue Jasmine. Amy Adams in Hustle. Sandra Bullock in Gravity. Judy Dench in... For, from Monia and Meryl Streep in August. I can't remember. Okay. I think that was one that I just checked the box and said, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, so that's very interesting. I did not know that you... I, uh, I was a member of the Academy, the Academy. two years. Interesting, okay. And I did it solely oh. to vote. Obviously. I forget how much it cost. For what it was worth, I was like, yeah, you know what? I get to say I voted for the other. Twice. What do you think probably cost? A couple hundred? Hmm? Okay. Uh, and then other news, again, we all do time you guys hear it. Cyberpunk is delayed again. Did you see apparently journalists were starting to play it? Yeah, they have it. They have a version of it right now. So, that- like... 
that embargo hasn't been moved either. It's not a full game. They have a demo. Well, yeah, but like, I have to imagine the people that like makes the strategy guides, IGN and stuff. No, like the there's a company that is like known for oh Prigma or whatever. Yeah, like they have to have the game probably months before it's even like mm-hmm. certified because. It takes a shit ton of time to write one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, say have pieces, but, like, shit could still change. And I imagine, like, you know, uh, CD Projekt goes, okay, hey, guys. Mm-hmm. Look, here's what's changed from the build. Like, if it's a stability build, they probably don't care that much. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, hey, this area changed, you need to go... And the, but also, the, I'm curious, I always wondered, like, how much money those deals are and stuff. Like, who buy, who who pays for it? Does the company t- pay for it? Prigma or does Prigma pay for the company? I have to imagine it's, like, GameStop orders 50000 mm-hmm. Prigma. And then Prigma works a deal with the publisher, probably? Yeah. Maybe sometimes the developer. Um, well, I think CD Projekt would be an example of developer because only Warner publishes it in the North America, but technically the game itself is being funded by internally. I thought. Well, and I'm sure there's some differences of like some of these games that are getting these guides may be published by you know, somebody. And yeah. You know, they're like, hey, we we don't know. We'll have copies when we have them. Mm-hmm. So then they have to go and contact the Hey. What is it looking like? Yeah. We need to write this guide. Mm-hmm. We need something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing somebody, like, screenshot the message and then highlight, journalists have been playing the game. Yeah, but, like, like, from understanding that back end, that's not unusual. Like, that doesn't mean a lot. Like, Yeah, so, like, are they going to be playing... Well, yeah, you have to imagine, like, if the game was going to be... If it hadn't been delayed this time, mm-hmm. they would have been getting their keys to play... Probably next month. Well, no, probably, like, this week. No, because it's September as a date, so probably end of July. Well, because, no, wasn't it supposed to be in August? No, the the game got pushed back to September. It was, it was, it was, I think, like, February or March, then July, then September, now November. Maybe it was the July, like, they would have been playing sections of this game. Right. So, if you, in the next case, yes, right now, journalists having a build for preview independent is not weird to me because you just you just segment out a part of the world say here's it'd be like they would go to they'd go to events to play this if it wasn't the covid world right now that's not weird like this is not weird journalists having a piece of the game in their hands they don't have the whole game they have a part of the game that's very structured for them to have that part of the game like that's that's a serious question like yeah a thousand percent that is literally what they have they do they probably do now like cd's probably like hey you know they just the access that they have is going to be this version. That or if anything, CD goes, okay, 
you can, if anything, maybe there's a world where maybe something like IGN has the whole game and like it's a really bad version. And CG just goes, your NDA is only covering everything. You can only talk about this segment of the game, if anything. Yeah, because I thought, wasn't Cyberpunk going to be like one of the um, IGN like first or whatever things? Uh, it's on the 25th is is the so by the time this comes out um, well they have that we, event we about this. but no like ign has those like first things where yeah it's like, but like that that doesn't mean they get the whole game that just means they have again that just means they have pieces or exclusive interviews and stuff like that doesn't mean they have a whole game in their hands no but they would need access to sections of the game that probably would yeah, but be you, more you, involved you, than you just give them certain builds, and it's not that hard to say. Like it, it takes work, but like it's fundamentally this is not unusual. This is this is a hundred percent normal. No, it's just more of like it fucks everybody's schedule up. Yeah, no, that probably does. But like when people are acting like, how do journalists have this? I go, this is how every game works ever. Like, what do you mean? How do they have well, this? But just for them to announce that they have, like, that's the thing. A lot of these delays, they don't mention the people that have the game. Like, cause no, but you don't matter. give them the whole game. You give them the piece you wanted them to have for this thing. Yeah. Give them the E3 just, demo, or you give them the yeah, Gamescom a bigger demo. demo. Right, that's the whole thing. Is they don't have like this is nothing about this strikes me as weird that journalists have a copy of this game in some capacity while the delay happened. It was just weird for them to announce that. Yeah, if anything, you announce it after this event because it probably messes up everyone's schedule and how much they're prioritizing it. Journalist, well, more of the journalists have been playing this game. Like, why even include? Yeah, don't say that. Just remember, just if anything, just go, yeah, we still have an event on the 25th, and just let it be until that happens. Just, well, yeah, and like, I, release schedules are all messed up now because, what was it, Factorio, Factorio or Terraria? One of the two. I think it was Factorio. Their 1.0 launch was moved mm-hmm. because of Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. So now are they going to move it back? Like, there There's were a no bunch way. of games that got, you know, like, they bumped it forward mm, from maybe. what it used to be when cyberpunk got delayed into september mm-hmm. so now are they gonna keep it at its i would oh, yeah. don't like, don't stop change change if you have to change it have to but like if you don't have to don't that's the way i always look at those release dates like that like, it makes sense to change it obviously do but like something like that don't play tattoo around other games like that but yeah Otherwise, other news, um, AMC announced they are officially back in July. And you'll have to wear a face mask. Right, this was a whole kerfuffle, because originally they just said it was per state ordinances, and now they changed it to... So basically, it's, if you're eating or always drinking, you don't have to. But funnily speaking, you have to wear a face mask in the facilities, and they said they will kick you out who are caught not wearing them. So just uh, just have the straw in your mouth the whole time. You don't have to have it in the <laughs> drink. Just have the straw in your mouth. Even if you're having popcorn, just have the straw in your mouth to be safe. Okay. It will be interesting because they're opening, they're doing a soft open like a week or two before Mulan, and then they're opening with Mulan. So I'll be curious how that works. And I'm shocked Disney didn't push Mulan again, personally. Because now Mulan is the opening box office draw. Well, Nolan wants as many theaters as possible. So, But um, Disney probably should too because Mulan, you think they would? Hmm. Honestly, Disney does not care. They, they so literally no, but like literally do because this quarter is going to suck. Like they care for bottom line reasons. Yeah, financially they care, but it doesn't matter to them that this movie is getting released in a theater. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's shocking enough they didn't put it into streaming immediately. I'm yeah, I'm more surprised that they didn't see the success of Rolls mm-hmm. Two or whatever World Tour is. See the success of that going straight to on demand. Mm-hmm. I'll throw it on on demand and Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And for the people that don't have Disney Plus, I guess you couldn't do that because. Mm-hmm. But, um. Yeah, just put it on on demand, and then give like Disney Plus members send them an email for like, hey, here's a ten dollar coupon mm-hmm. for Mulan or some shit like that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, other stuff. So the Negan one shot. I didn't put a news story to this, and I'll explain to everyone. So Negan obviously is a character from The Walking Dead. Uh, so what, what this, this is something I think really cool that Skybound's doing and, and Skybound, whoever the publisher behind the Walking Dead comic is, is fundamentally what they're doing is they made a comic. So obviously you know how comic stories work, right? They sell the comic for four bucks. They sold it from, they bought it from the distributor for like two or three bucks. They literally what are doing is a comic store right now. They're making this comic. Comic stores can buy their normal allotment of them from the, from the distributor and and it's costing the comic book store nothing. They're literally just making free comics that the comic book store still sells at $4. So that way uh, they can go in and actually try, try to help the comic book stores post-COVID as they're opening back up. This sounds like they went to the epic school of business. <laughs> okay, but, like, it's also, like, it is The Walking Dead. So, like, it's, it's, a, it's an established thing. But I find that, but, like, that's, like, an actually, like, how much money they're going to lose on this comic book? Like it's it's yeah. a good it's a good PR move and it for sure it's gonna help the stores. Like if I said it's a free, I mean the problem is getting out and having the story. Now everybody's gonna be like, oh, this comic book shouldn't cost four dollars. But the point of it, it's literally there so that way it helps the comic book stores. Yeah. Again, this is a thing that you don't need to release publicly. I don't think they meant to. I think it's more of a comic books talked about it. I think the stories talked about it, and then that kind of just happened, spread. Well, stores need to shut the fuck up because if I was a, you know, non, you know, if I didn't understand the story, and all of a sudden I see my local comic book store saying, "Hey, this comic was free for us," mm-hmm. we're still going to charge four bucks, even though literally it makes sense because the whole point of it is to help yeah. the comic book stores. Like, 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 for how much money they're going to lose on this, it literally was a good thing they did. Yeah, it's just more of like a giant fuck you from for the comic book stores that announced this mm-hmm. to fans. Like now, people are going to be like, "Why should I support you if you know if this is free?" You know, like people are much more likely to support a company if they hear that their margins are like a dollar. They buy the book for three and sell it to you at four. Mm-hmm. You're a lot more likely to get people to support you because people see that as like wanting to support small business in the struggle. Like in theory, this is what that is. It is, but if all of a sudden you're saying this cost us nothing, you know, and instead of making one dollar on it, we're making four. Yeah, but like we're talking about, what's a good store going to sell? Two hundred of these? Like it's not going to be giant yeah. numbers. The whole point it's it's more of the thing of like, hey, we're doing what we can to help. Yeah. It's definitely a feel good from the publisher. It's a very much a 
mm-hmm. whoever broke the story from the comic book side, from the store side of it, mm-hmm. really screwed the pooch. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think it's the goodness of the stories. I think for sure that like it's what like it, it is totally a good thing. They're gonna lose a lot of money doing it, and. Yeah, this is the first we've seen of somebody supporting small businesses. Like, especially an industry, obviously, that they directly care about. And it's a very, it's a very, it's, I think it's a relatively, obviously it's expensive, but it's a relatively easy, cheap way to do it. It obviously gets the comic books very much on the moral side of image. And, and like, and obviously happy with it. They already were happy with them, but now even more happy with them because doing what they can to help the most direct way possible, which is give you free books to sell. Yeah. Like, you know, there could easily be stories of this coming from Disney or... Right. D- uh, yeah, DC and Marvel could have done this. They didn't. Instead, its image was like, okay, we're going we're to just do this. We we could we could take the hit. Uh, more of like, you know, uh, Disney could waive fees mm-hmm. or Mulan or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, they could waive their cut from smaller theaters for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are going to be like, oh, cool. Like, they're seen as helping, you know, these theaters kind of get back on their feet. Whereas this is like, cool, you're helping people get back on their feet. Mm -hmm. And the comic book stores are super, like, it's awesome that they're benefiting from this. But why can't I just get this for free? Mm-hmm. If you're just handing them out, like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, image, I want a free book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the other news is it has leaked officially that Crash 4 is happening by the time this comes up. All everyone knows what that means, what it costs, and all that fun stuff. Also, Skate uh, 4 is happening. That's true. Skate 4, I didn't pull the EA story stuff in there. Skate 4 is happening. Crash was happening. The obvious rumors of Vicarious Visions because they announced they're announcing the new game, and then mystically this leaks and is going to be presented the same day they're announcing the new game. So we think it's Vicarious Visions. So here's the thing: going back to the Skate Four announcement, mm-hmm. now everybody needs to bombard every EA social media post with Skate Five. <laughs> I actually saw it trending during that. I actually literally that was trending. just just keep it up. Just <laughs> like let's truly make this a a joke. Fuck it. Skate 6, everyone. Hashtag Skate 6. No, just do Skate 5. Skate 5, please. <laughs> skate 5 now. Skate 5 or we riot. Like, I, th- I thought it wasn't called Skate 4 anyway. It was something else. I think it's just called Skate. Yeah, I was about to say. I thought it was Skate. Maybe there's a 4 edge somewhere, but Skate. But it's clearly Skate 4. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, is... oh, no, no. It, it literally is. But I just meant, like, I don't think that's what they said. Oh, Counter-Strike is 21. Mm-hmm. I forgot Counter Strike was that old. Mm-hmm. Um, looking through to see if. What are you looking skate, for? The skate announcement, like if it was um, how exactly they? I think it's just skate. I think you're right. Skate. Or skate I think they said quote skate is back. Which, I hate to say it. So the quote is, um, you commented this into existence. Because they did. Which, no, you didn't. 
this is directly a response to Activision announcing Tony Hawk Skater. Oh, yes, that too. Like, this is not a, oh, you commented this into existence. If that was the case, Skate 4 would have been made like four years ago. This Yes. No, not in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's all the news I had. Um, other nonsense is uh, so games to watch for. I'm changing it since we've gotten better at knowing when these comes out. Uh, from now on, uh, games to watch for is just going to be games that are coming out on or after the episode releases. So that's why we skip some games. So as as this episode releases, uh, F1 2020 will be coming out. Ghost of, uh, I think it's Tashima. Is that accurate? Tsushima. I know it's fucking with you. Uh, comes out next week. Uh, Wasteland Three, as I keep on here, is August twenty eighth, and then I kept Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven on here with the original September date, just to make a point of. I wrote the fucking show notes, and then ten minutes later, they delayed the game. Welcome to the world of uh, recording stuff. Not doing it live. <laughs> Literally, it was oh perfect. Right, the show notes. Open up Twitter. Son of a fucking bitch. So the new date, I think, is like November seventeenth or something. Um. Okay. So movie club. AJ, do you want to explain to the people what we are doing for movie club for this month of July, twenty twenty? Yeah. So we're gonna do a best of. We'll go back through our archives. All twenty one episodes of it. Mm-hmm. And we will be taking. We will make a poll. Or the best of the old movie and the best of the new movie. Obviously, the new movies are going to be old at this point. Mm-hmm. Either way, we'll be doing probably three or four different options mm-hmm. for the old movie and four options for the new And we will make a kind of best of movie club mm-hmm. episode. Hopefully the last one that we have to do where it's not some Yeah. To be fair, Tenet will be out by then, so in theory, we might make Tenet our August movie, just say fuck it, but we're going to see how this all looks. I mean, at this point, it is an August movie. Yeah, but I'm saying for us, that might, hopefully, as long as nothing changes, especially the AMC's opening. Okay. Okay. I believe that is everything for this month's uh, SWW show uh, for July of 2020. Was this 22, AJ? Is that right? Yes. Perfect. Remember, I am Mike. That there is AJ. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mikey underscore Maroney. AJ's at AJ underscore Losey. I don't like it. It still sounds weird. Follow the show at the SWW show. Go to the just SWW show. I know. Weird name. I'll go to the SWW show.com. Remember, just search the SWW show on any podcast platform of your choice, or go to anchor.fm slash SWW. If you want to support us, we don't do this enough. Um, there are a couple of ways. On Anchor, there's some weird subscription thing. Just hit some subscribe button. You can pay us money. Uh, also, support the people who support us. So, um, oh, I got, there is a link to a Humble Bundle thing. I believe it's like humblebundle.com slash something something SWW. The link's in the show notes below. Click that. If you are a new member who subscribes for the Humble Bundle monthly package, we get a couple bucks from that. So we'd really appreciate that. Otherwise, spread the word. 
leave a nice comment, review, any of that fun stuff. Tell your friends and family about us. Tweet at us when you tell your friends and family about us. Tell us what friends, what family, what you said about us, and tell us how many people, which is so we know who really likes us and who doesn't, and we're going to keep you on a list if you don't like us. Yeah, we need to analytics. For, for when the purge comes, because if you if you tell us you don't like us, AJ, what's going to happen when the purge comes? Oh, fuck all. <laughs> I'm protecting myself. <laughs> fuck it, AJ. That's not what you're supposed to say. God damn it. Otherwise, yeah, I believe that is the show for today. Uh... What's what's the term? Was it stay frosty, everyone? Sure. Bye. This podcast was a production of the SWW Show. To learn more, go to theswwshow.com. Remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at the SWW Show. You can follow me at Mikey underscore Maroney. You can follow AJ at Lowseatboard. Remember, new episodes premiere on Friday, 9 a.m. Central Time, on anchor.fm slash SWW and podcast services around the globe.